I've been empty When I'm low, you fill the cup Yeah, but my ego Fights back, telling me that I'm ready To grab the wheel and take control But I'll crash if I don't let myself let go
folks. All the time. You may be seated. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. There is some folks here that hadn't been here for a while today that uh, have been under the weather, and uh, or at least one of them has. And that's Brother Bob, his wife, Sister Molly. I'm glad to see them here today. Just special people. I still remember the first time that they came and Sister Molly stood up and gave a testimony by way of prayer request. And it was pray that we are will be able to find a church. Words to that effect. And before she could hardly sit down again, I said they had found one. And they haven't hardly missed a time except when they've been ill or something and we're so glad to have them and I've got a couple little stories uh, first of all when Brother Harold our associate pastor comes up here I want him to be sure to tell about the event on the second Saturday of this month he works very hard on that and a lot of effort goes into it that has nothing to do with my story that's his story Wednesday night, as I was here in Bible study, I kept looking at the beautiful decorations that I think Sister Sue is responsible for. And I was sitting about where her daughter is, and she works at it too, and I kept saying, they spelt the word welcome wrong. Because where I was sitting, the E was not visible on the word welcome. And I mentioned after the Bible study, they're over here in case you're, oh, they're right there. I didn't know where they were at. They're so small. They, I told Brother Rudy, I said, you know what? The E is missing from the word welcome. And we both, he being the good deacon that he is, and me being the excellent speller that I am, we took a couple steps up here and realized it was there. And now, the reason I'm telling this story is because when we do our singing with the worship team, practically all of the songs are projected on the PowerPoint screen. And the guys that do all the uh, PowerPoint projections, they, they've got such beautiful scenery that they put with the uh, songs. It just makes us want to sing louder and prettier and everything else. It's a lifting experience, in my opinion. I remember one minister about 40 years ago when he went to a church that used a well, it was overhead projector by the, back then. And he said, this is called singing off the wall. Well, that got to be used in common, and nobody uses that illustration. And so the hymnals no longer uh, became useful to most local churches. Now back to the welcome story again. Because... And I'm not going to mess with it. I'm going to hardly not breathe around it. But the deacon and I figured out a way to lift this welcome sign 
we added hymnals, more hymnals to it and lifted it up. So we not only sing off the wall, but we use hymnals in our worship as well. And inasmuch as this has nothing to do with my sermon, I'm going to step over here and let Brother Harold come and do his thing. Please give our associate pastor a welcome this morning. Did you know that studies have shown that cows produce more milk while the farmers talk to them? It's a case of in one ear and out the udder. <laughs> yeah, I think they're getting better now. That's pretty good there. <laughs> and moving on into events coming up. Uh, we have ladies' meetings coming up this Saturday, 5 o'clock. I believe they're playing Bunko. Does anybody need to say anything about that? I think there's... The food sign-up, I think, is in the back. Is that right? Okay. So check the food sign-up sheet and be here at uh, 5 o'clock Saturday if you can, and if you're a lady, to join them in that. And then the following Saturday, August 14th, we'll be having a backpack event here where we'll be giving out 150 backpacks, and um, they'll be filled with 30 school supplies in each of them um, as well. So if you can be there to help for that, it's 11 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m., and uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back if you can volunteer. And there's also a food sign-up sheet back there if you would like to sign up and bring some food for that. And if you can't and you just want to donate um, some money towards either the food or, or the backpacks themselves, just uh, mark it on the envelope um, that you give and just put backpack, either backpack barbecue or just leave it backpack, and it will go towards the backpack event. So... Um, if you can help, though, go ahead and check that out, and uh, we can definitely use some volunteers that day. And also, oh, October 1st, uh, ladies' retreat's coming up, so make sure you've got an application, filled it out, reserve your hotel room. That's separate. You need to do that by September 1st, I think that is, so um, get that done if you have not done it. Is there anything anyone needs to make a mention of? You can, yes. Yes, invite, invite, some, invite some friends to Bunko and come and enjoy. It's a good way to build some fellowship there with different people, so get involved in that. Anything else? All right. We're going to uh, talk about prayer again for just a minute here, and uh, this might be the last week we talk about prayer. We'll see. Um, I think maybe we'll have one or two other maybe talks. Um, I think we'll move on. Maybe we'll come back to prayer some, some a little bit later. We can never get too much of prayer, can we? But uh, we're going to talk a little bit, I think we mentioned last week, about persistent prayer. Um, um, you know, I mentioned that some, some uh, speakers at different times talk about if you pray for something more than once, you don't have faith in it. And that's, that's biblically, that's just not accurate. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And there's different verses in there. We picked out a couple here today just to share on the subject. But, but uh, we also want to talk about if we put a little heart into our prayers, should we expect God to put much heart in answering our prayers? It's important to pray with passion, pray with purpose. In Acts, uh, James was put to death by King Herod. Peter was arrested, and he would likely be next. But in Acts 12 and 5, it talks about something that the church done. It says, Constant prayer was offered to God 
for him by the church. So Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. It's a powerful verse. Um, They prayed over and over for him. They kept asking, seeking, knocking. There's power when we pray together corporately. There's power in corporate prayer. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So be persistent in our prayer. Keep asking. Asking implies requesting attention. Seeking is asking plus an action. And knocking is asking, acting, plus persevering. God's purposes and plans, no matter uh, um, the amount of prayer that we give, it will not change them because God is sovereign. God is in control. Some things he will do whether we're going to pray about it or not. In uh, James 4 and 2, it says, You have not because you ask not. We've talked about that a little bit over the last few weeks. But verse 3 says, We have not because you ask amiss. So in other words, we ask wrong. Um, Maybe we're just asking for our own pleasures, asking selfishly. Charles Stanley says, There are things if we ask, we will get. There are things if we don't ask, we won't get. And there are things if we don't ask, we will get anyway. Going back to where God is sovereign. He's in control. But God wants us involved in his work. He chooses to use us. He has something in mind um, with us to use us in it. It increases our faith when our prayer is answered. He wants us to live with a sense of dependence on him, to draw ourselves to him, to give us, put us in agreement with him, build our relationship with him. If we fail to pray, it will not change God's purpose or plan. He's not dependent on us to get his plan done. Nothing is ever out of the control of God. If, we are, if we're abiding with God and his word is ruling our heart, what we ask will align with God's will. So then he will provide it. Not to name it and claim it. But if it lines up with God's will, remember praying is getting ourselves in a line with God, not moving God into into line with us. Jesus said in Luke 18 and one, I want everybody everywhere to pray and to not and not to faint. And faint was used as as a give up. So not give up. I want everybody to pray and not give up in some of the parables. um, There's one in Luke 11 and five. It's a. a neighbor in need, and it, the story is the per- person is persistent in their prayer. There's another one in the Luke 18 with a persistent widow um, being persistent and continuing to, uh, to uh, come to Jesus over and over. Jesus is encouraging us to keep coming to God with our requests. We should always pray and not give up, as it says in Luke 18 and 1. There's nothing wrong with repeatedly asking for the same thing. We see that in different uh, scriptures in the Bible. Keep asking until God grants your request or removes the desire from your heart. Sometimes God forces us to wait for an answer to our prayers in order to teach us patience and perseverance. Right? We usually don't like that, do we? We don't like that waiting. 
Sometimes we ask for something when, grant, when granting it is not yet in God's timing for our lives. Sometimes we ask for something that God does not have in His will for us, so He says no. Prayer is not only our presenting requests to God, but it's also God presenting His, His uh, will to our hearts. So keep on asking, keep knocking, keep on seeking until God either grants your request or convinces you that your request is not His will. If, we re- if the request, uh, I read this somewhere, I'd give the person credit, but I don't know who it was. But if, if the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. Amen. So as we stand and pray uh, um, again today, we'll have a prayer directive again, praying for ourselves. And we're just going to be praying that, um, praying for each of our own prayer lives, that uh, we can line up with God's will. We, we've got to recognize the importance for each of us, right? His will for each of us is a little bit different. He has different things for us to be doing. Um, as we've mentioned before, please continue to pray about building next door. If you um, have been praying for that, great. If you haven't, go ahead and start praying. We, we want to be in God's will. Um, some surveys should be done this week, or not this week, this month. Hopefully it's this week, but sometime in August here, and, and we'll have a little bit more information on that. But, uh, but please continue to pray for that. We want to be lined up as a church in God's will for that. But if you would, let's stand. Again, let's pray. Go to God in prayer for ourselves um, in our prayer lives, if you would. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. God, I'm first thanking you, Lord, for all you do for us, God, and for us. Uh, being with us, God, and God, just that we have an opportunity, Lord, to bring our request to you, God, and uh, pray to you to speak our hearts to you. We just ask, God, that you uh, help, uh, help me to see your will, God, help me to line up what you want, Lord, in my life, God, and that I would uh, be able to see, Lord, your direction, God, your plans, Lord, the importance, God, of, of prayer to
God. It's important. Some people ask about God's will. You know, how do you know God's will? But we, we, we find that through communication with God and, and from scriptures. Um, it's important to be in the scriptures as well. Um, but uh, if we could have a couple ushers come up, we're going to take up this morning's offering. It's going to be first Sunday offering, so it will go uh, towards the pastor and uh, go towards getting his wife back home to him. She is she is in Oklahoma, <laughs> so she's coming home this week. So she'll probably be here Wednesday night, I guess. Sounds like sounds like she'll be back Tuesday. But so continue to remember her also in prayer. She'll be traveling, but, but this offering will go towards them. And uh, if you need to mark it on an envelope or on a check, it'll go towards whatever you mark it as. But we thank you for giving towards them. Let's pray again. God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to give here this morning, God. We thank you uh, for the pastor, his wife, God, and the work that they do, God. We just ask that you continue to bless and strengthen them and um, in health, God, that you will keep them and, and uh, in traveling, Lord. You will watch over them and just bless them, God, as, as they work for you. And we thank you for all you're doing in your name. Amen.
have a place here in, his, in our Father's house. But he also said he went to prepare a place for us, right? That where I am, you may be also. And he is preparing that place for us. And he has promised to always be with us until we get there. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. I'm so thankful for all that uh, the Lord walks us through life with. Everything that he walks through life with us. And um, he is always our very present help in time of need.
he will keep and guard our minds with his peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And let me tell you, in this world right now, as a child of God, we need to have the peace of God dwelling in our hearts. Because when the rest of the world around us is becoming anxious and fearful and uncertain, and that feeling starts to rise up within us, we need to be able to draw upon the peace of our God. The peace of our God that it doesn't matter what the circumstances around us are. It doesn't matter what the latest statistics are that have been put out there about anything in this world. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And instead of fear and anxiety, I'm going to share that peace with the world. That's what I want to share with the world. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. And knowing that I can take heart that no matter what is going on, he has overcome. He has overcome. And because he lives in me, I can overcome. Amen? So if you need that peace, if you are like me and have been feeling that anxiety trying to rise up in you over these last few weeks, would you just say, just receive his peace today? Just receive his peace today. Because he has offered it it to us. He is the author of peace. That's one of his names. Wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. The prince of peace. So as we sing this again, and if you don't want to sing and you just want to close your eyes and hold your arms out to receive that peace of God, would you just follow his leading this morning? So that you can leave here knowing that whatever comes your way this week, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus.
kids are dismissed. And we want to be very much in prayer for her circumstances. And I'm going to ask all, I know we have a different way that we do this now uh, because of the conditions that exist in the world. But I was, I'm going to call on Brother Nagel, Sister Glenda, and uh, uh Sister Sue, you would be a good one. We got North Kansas City represented here. If you three would just stand there, and Sister Vicki and Brother Joe, if you'll face me. Yes, go. We're on camera, so let's get centered here and look good, okay? Going to ask you three if you'll reach out to anoint. Sister Vicki, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to call upon you. And Lord, we pray for the need that exists, you know, and understand everything. And we pray, God, that your power, Lord, your wisdom, and your guidance for those that will be attending to her. We pray, God, for the thorough goodness of God. We pray for her family. We pray for her husband and their time with her. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I am looking to you and asking you, Lord, to look down and provide Lord, the healing direction of not only the medicine, but of Almighty God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I thank you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you all.
I would like to do one more thing before we turn to the Word today, and that is to give a report concerning the circumstances of my wife who left me 12 years ago, or was it three days ago? Maybe it was three days ago. She is in Tulsa, Oklahoma with her sister who has had surgery, is in rehab in one of the rehabilitation places in Tulsa. And my wife said that even though she's had a very difficult time uh, with her surgery, the fact is that she may get to go home as early as this Wednesday, which means my wife may be with me the next time you see me. And certainly I will be looking better as a result of all of that. And I thank you, many of you, have prayed earnestly for my sister-in-law as well as my wife, her traveling um, by herself. Uh, she, if you're listening, honey, uh, you said you would be. And uh, you usually warn me pretty good. Uh, you uh, take care of yourself. It's not necessarily common for an 80-year-old girl to be out traveling the highway by herself, especially with her husband's car, which that's nearly paid for. So be careful. <laughs> by the help of the Lord, the subject today is entitled Conquerors. And that is a name by definition that most of us would just take and consider as meaning you're going to be in charge, you're going to overwhelm, and you're going to be the winner. When I was a young teenager, just out of my, uh, well, I hadn't started in the ministry. I started in the ministry prior to age 16, and I was a member of a couple different gangs in the Chicago area, Joliet, Illinois, to be Pacific, and obviously, uh, by the nature of my description, you understand I was not a Christian at that time. However, I lived at home. I was a good boy as far as my mom and dad goes because back then and moms and dads really had a lot of authority in the home. Besides that, we liked to eat and wear clothes and have shoes and so on. So we behaved ourselves to a great deal uh, to make sure that we didn't upset the apple cart or the turnip wagon or anything else. Uh, with our parents. And one of the gangs that I was a member of was called Conquerors. Our big thing was, 13, 14, 15-year-old boys, was that we enjoyed beating people up. It was a great deal of satisfaction when we would encounter another gang 
and break an arm or something of that nature. That was just an exciting thing. Uh, yes, stupid, I, I agree. You don't have to say it. And, but uh, it's the only time in my life I've been stupid, maybe. And I have thought about that word conqueror. Don't use it all that much in life because it has a connecting connotation to me uh, still in my memory. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a young man and uh, I beat him up. I remember upon the occasion of the fight that his sister came on the scene and it so happened I really liked her but I didn't know they were brother and sister and she was begging me to stop and I decided she isn't going to like me anyway so I went ahead and did my thing and I can still hear the bone pop terrible uh, remembrance that I have there and uh, I did make apologies to that young boy and his sister who slapped my face to your satisfaction and I uh, thought about that incident of being a conqueror to my guys and my fellow gang members I, that was quite a thing that I had done and they made sure that I felt good about being a conqueror. However, the Lord changed all that, and I'm so grateful for that. And I became the good boy that my mom and dad thought I was. And uh, they did a wonderful rest of the time uh, raising me, I think. feel like they did. But the Bible talks about conquerors. As well, it really doesn't have the story that I have just related to you about how a conqueror should be. I was a conqueror the wrong way, and I had the wrong slant on life, even though it was appropriate for the people that I ran with. But it was a terrible mistake. We live in a day in which the spirit of conquering must be manifested in our lives. I'm talking about the spiritual aspect. And all of us, at some point, we recognize that it's not always easy to be a conqueror. Sometimes it's downright difficult. And I'm just talking about personal things. But when we begin to talk about raising our families, about maintaining the social level that we'd like to have for our families, and yes, as even as you get older, and age is not a significant thing at this point because at any age, man or woman can be affected by disease, by 
illnesses that seemingly we can't conquer, even with the uh, great areas of medicine that we have in the land today, in our society. Being a conqueror is important. For instance, as I look around and see young men and women in the congregation, in sports, we like to be a conqueror. And because that usually means we're going to be a winner. And everybody likes to win. As I approach today, I thought about what the Bible has to say in the book of Romans, chapter 8, concerning conquerors. I realize that it is very explicit about what are some of the things that we're going to face as we are in the venue, if you please, of fighting to win, battling to win, trying to hold on to the Lord and trust Him and win. And then it occurred to me, with all the trouble that we are having with COVID, the variant, and the different things, that we seemingly have ran into an enemy that we're striving to conquer. I'm not a scientific expert on this. I do try to follow the rules of the city, the county, the state, the country, as I do not want to be affected with this affliction. And some of my physical circumstances says I better use my brain and be very, very careful. And I am trying. I really am. I never will uh, forget an instance, and it just happened. I come back in two weeks, and I, I might have forgot it, but today I remember it real well. But I went to the doctor's office this week for uh, some treatment. And as I approached the door to go into the office, it dawned on me I did not have my mask. It really didn't matter because the person behind me, the person in front of me, the people all sitting around the room, they had masks. So I improvised. I went like this and walked to the receptionist. I said, can I have a couple masks? Boom, boom, real quick, I got them. Well, all of a sudden, a non-conqueror felt like maybe I'd conquered a little bit and overcame the situation. But it is a conquering time that we live in. I did not eliminate the cause of that. And that is where I want to take you today through the scriptures and we're going to read in Romans chapter 8 
and begin with verse 35. In fact, we'll go through to verse 39. The scripture says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Have a chance any of you Seen the headlines, read a newspaper, heard a news program lately. Do any of these events sound like they could be going on today? Tribulations, distress, persecution, yes, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that follow, that loved us. Verse 38, the scripture says in verse 38, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, not even demons, and we got those things that we're contending with as well, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. And verse 39. And I'm waiting on the PowerPoint there because if I put my glasses on, it messes up the hearing device or the speaking device. Brother Joe indicated that I needed duct tape, and a little bit later he indicated I needed staples, but uh, we're going to try to get by without it. Sister Beverly referred to the scripture in her teaching this morning that neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These verses that I have shared with you this morning are verses that certainly cause us to remember words of Sunday school teachers pastors, evangelists over the years of the necessity of us being conquerors. And I will have to tell you that as I have been a preacher for over 60 years now, and as I have made reference to these scriptures in the various times of my ministry to various congregations along the way. I have used these scriptures as talking points about how that they can happen, how that they will happen. And in some cases, I took to the, the point that we can avoid some of these things basically 
the things that I have mentioned, you can't avoid it, can't avoid it. I've also took the position that we can get through these things and me like the boy that had a rich dad and rich mom and always in trouble but always got out of trouble. And we referred to him as the boy that fell in the mud bottle and came out smelling like a rose. Well, as we look at these things over the years, this preacher has made a mistake. And I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I'm old enough to know that I'm not going to try to cover it up. When we look at these things that the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Rome, has talked about nakedness, pearls, the sword, famines, death, persecutions, various things. It's good to be able to be a conqueror, but sometimes you're not going to be a conqueror over these things. You're going to die for one thing. And if you live in certain parts of the world, you're going to experience nakedness and you're going to experience hunger. You're going to experience peril and you're going to experience persecution. This is going to happen. It's the way that it is in those places. And the verse that I have at the beginning of this text is verse 28. And oh, I've got to really tell you that it almost hurts me to read this verse, Romans chapter 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. I, I, again, I've got to tell you that there have been times I've used this verse of Scripture and I have no clue. In fact, I probably did not think it was possible unless it was an act of Congress and we know how they act. The fact is that not everything is going to work out. Not every time are we going to be conquerors. There are going to be times that we're going to be conquered ourselves. But there is something I want to tell you. All these things are going to happen to various people, various places, various times. They're going to happen. The Apostle Paul, how we love to refer to him, and how we marvel at his ministry and the great works that he did. Listen, his last few years was in prison, and he lost his head on the Herod's chopping block. 
Sometimes I've acted like we're beyond that. We're not beyond that. There's going to be times that we're going to have a pandemic, a Delta, some type of barrier. There's going to be times that you're going to have a heart attack. There are going to be times that you're going to be diseased and you have to go into isolation. Well, I still have hope because of this scripture that Paul wrote at the 28th verse, chapter 8, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called to his purpose. Now what we cannot read into that is the fact that as the boy that fell into the mud puddle and came out smelling like the rose, we can't read that into it. But what we can read into it, that regardless of the difficulties that happen to you in this life, and I sure hope none of them, I, I hope you avoid the storms. I hope you avoid the perils of this life. But just in case you don't, just in case you have a fender bender on a day that there's ice on the interstate, just in case you have a spouse that leaves you high and dry, soaking wet, whatever phrase you want to use, just in case these things happen, I want you to know that by you holding on to the Lord, that everything is still going to work out all right. No, we may not have the trip as a result of a lottery or the publisher's clearing house giving you a ride of the lifetime to the bank with a thousand dollars guaranteed for life. It may not happen that way. But there is something greater that is going to happen. And that is that the Lord is going to be with you. Regardless of all these circumstances. Listen, I mentioned the Apostle Paul a while ago. The last few months of his life in prison. The last few months of his life the type of surroundings that he was in. The last day of his life, he was told that he would be headed toward the chopping block and his head would be removed to, from his body. All those things happened to good people. Those things happened to a man that loved God and cared for people himself. Well, what a gloomy, dark message this is. Enough to cause you all just to be jumping up and down, shouting glory, hallelujah. The fact is, we're not built for this world. We're built as God's creation to live for Him 
regardless of the storms, to be a part of the creation that in spite of all the difficulties that happen in this life, it doesn't matter, there is a better life waiting for you. You can only, I can only, sense what we know from our feelings in this world. We know our pains, we know our limitations, and usually we know what hurts, what feels good, what tastes good, what doesn't taste good. We know when it's hot, we know when it's cold. But let me tell you something, those are human feelings. There is going to come a day in which we are going to make a transition. It doesn't matter if it is a result of a natural death. It doesn't matter if it's a result of a Herod's chopping block. There is going to come a day, and Paul said it, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. But this is what he said about you in that. He said, but not for me only, but to all those that love the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about a life that is beyond this life. I don't care how slow the clock turns for you. The clock is turning and the Lord is in charge of that clock. And He will take care of, praise God, He will take care of His people. He didn't say, I'm not going to let the storms come and go. What He said was, He would be with us through the storms. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray at the closing of this service today, I'm praying, Lord, for the comfort of God. I'm praying for the deliverance of God for every person that is in here. Lord, you know and understand the need. There isn't anything in the circumstances of lives of people that are gathered here that is beyond you. If we're young, if we're old, if we're somewhere in between, Lord, you know the feeling, the hurt, the pain of every individual. And Lord, you are reaching out right now. You're reaching out right now to touch every heart, to touch every feeling, to touch every soul that is here today. And Lord, for them to know that it is going to work out. Lord, help us to accept that. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I will ask our congregation to stand at this time. And as we come to the close of this service, with this sermon that is entitled Conqueror, I want you to know that you may not be able to stop the tornado coming toward your house. But what I do want you to understand is that the God that is in your heart, that is in your life, that that Lord is able to stop the tornado of being lost and you can be with him forever and ever. Again, Father, pray with me as you need to pray. I pray for each one that is here today, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will allow each man, woman, I pray, O oh God, from my heart,
Lord, it's just not written down for me to read, and it's just not uh, wrote down anywhere for me to read. Lord, I just want to be with our folks that are here today in their circumstances. Lord, I know that there are some here today that are hurting, and I know that they need the comfort of you. Lord, it is within them to ask and seek of you. I pray for them right now. Lord, I pray for the plights of all our uh, citizens here in our community, all over the metropolitan area that are on the verge of losing their homes, their apartments, because they don't have the money for rent. And Lord, they'll be out on the street. I pray for them. I hurt for them, oh God. I pray for those that are are sick and facing surgery. I pray for those that have been told by the doctor, I'm sorry, but there's nothing else I can do. Lord, there is something we all can do, and that is to hold on to you, look to you, follow you, have you in their life. And indeed, we will understand that all things work together for good to them that love you and are called according to your purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.